The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, jumping in real quick to tell you about the sponsor for this week's episode, the Satchel Podcast Player. If you like podcasts, you're going to want to check this out. There's no third-party ads, no on-screen ads, nothing like that. It's a great way to get connected with the content that you're listening to. You can even tweet directly into the podcast that you're listening to and even send a few dollars along to the podcast. For example, right now, if you like listening to Flash TV Talk, you could send us like, I don't know, $2, $3, $10, however much you feel like we're worth. You can do that directly in the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great player. You got to check it out. If you're a podcaster, you can register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I am Belle. Belle. Man, how are you doing tonight, sir? Well, tonight I am doing Fantastamundo, bringing it back. Oh! I haven't, haven't said that one in a while. Dude, I think this is, if, if there was ever a episode to do a retro-style podcast, I think tonight's the night with this particular episode that we got. Hey-o. That's why we got the, on the <laughs> we got the <laughs> bourbon break here, which uh, for the podcast hopefully won't impact that at all. But if we seem a little loose, that's why. <laughs> if you seem a little loose, I'm sober as a jaybird. Well, then that's not quite the old school. I guess the time has changed. Maybe one of us went back in time and now you're the sober one. I, I, I guess I'm playing Barry this uh, this time. Okay, that'll work. Uh, man, we got a great, great episode to talk about that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just jonesing to get in. Uh, first, just oh, a yeah. little bit of housekeeping. We want to uh, let everybody know who is tuning in live. Welcome. Uh, we are so glad that you're here live, tuning in at Mixler.com slash Pottery. Uh, we also want to thank those of you who are uh, supporting the show by going over to iTunes and writing us a review. Uh, those of you who are checking us out on the Satchel Podcast Player, y'all are so awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. We've got an awesome show, man. I can't wait. Can we just, let's, let's just do it. Yeah. The Rundown. Episode 17 of Season 2, Flashback, directed by Alice Troughton, and story by... The Helbing Twins, Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing, my favorite screenwriters for The Flash thus far. Belle, what happened this episode? Well, Barry travels back through time to the events of The Sound and the Fury and changes places with his past self in order to glean Speed Force knowledge from Dr. Harrison Wells slash Eobard Thawne. However, after a time Wraith follows Barry to the past, Thawne deduces Barry's deception before revealing any information. Barry is able to barter his way out of a deadly situation with Thawne, but faces another complication after his past self returns and exposes Barry's true nature. Following some explanations and, and Thawne's privately handing over the formula 
For increased speed, the team rallies to send Barry back to his proper time. However, the Wraith still pursues Barry once he, uh, once he returns and nearly kills him. Hartley Rathaway, now an ally in this altered timeline, defeats the Wraith with his sonic fusion devices. While in the past, Barry obtains a special gift for Iris, a last message from Eddie. Aww. Oh, I know that was that was kind of touching. Um, oh, it was. It was. Man, so much good stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, we, we hardly ever talk about you know anything other than what we see on on screen here. But you know, I I want to just kind of make mention of, of something I thought was interesting. Normally, when we deal with major time travel episodes, uh, it's it's Berlinti and Kreisberg who are at the helm. So it's interesting to me that the uh, the Helbing twins are actually the ones uh, writing this particular episode. Yeah, uh, so th- I-, I wonder if that's something that they have talked about. Like, I- I'm sure, you know, Kreisberg and Berlinti are, are uh, you know, working with all these guys being showrunners and whatnot and, uh, you know, going through all these scripting processes. But, yeah, it's kind of cool to see them hand off time travel to other writers and see their take on it. And let me tell you, this episode, their take on it was great. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. This is by far, by far, and it's been a great season, but this is by far the best episode I think we've gotten all season. Like the whole time I was like, oh, it was just so exciting and there's so much cool stuff going on. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Definitely loved what the Helbing twins did with time travel here. Uh, The repercussions are going to be so much fun to watch later on in the series. Uh, Yeah, it was just all around excellent episode. Like I I remember even I can't remember where it was. I think it it was right before Barry like uh, future, I guess, present Barry showed up to and Pat. No, I'm sorry. It was right before when past Barry showed up uh, and was like, where is he? Where's the other flash? And then present Barry comes and tries to explain to him what's going on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this show? Like, this is the best thing on television. How on earth are they able to get away with this kind of stuff on network television? Yeah, I know. That was so cool. It's like just just right there when he when he realizes that he's come back too early uh, or was it too early or too late? I you know, my my DVR kind of like messed up that line that he says uh, uh right when he ironically perhaps it was too early um a, a common theme for the flash this week yes yes uh well so so yeah so like i see that happen and i'm like oh this is just gonna be good <laughs> i was so great yeah go ahead oh uh, yeah no i was just say yeah I, I, once once i saw him come back early and like just have to uh, you know, the comms going out and like all this stuff, you know, all this crazy stuff happening. I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be really good. Uh, I can't wait to see where they're going to go with this. All right. So right off the bat, um, you know, the, the team is preparing him for this, this major jump. His goal is to get himself, you know, faster. He, he feels the only person who can do this, uh, and really kind of, you know, uh, figure out well, the only person he's ever met that knows more about the speed force than himself or, or anyone on his team is Eobard Thawne, uh, then yeah. being portrayed, uh, under the guise of Harrison Wells. I love, by the way, this episode was the first ever episode where everybody, like, they were constantly beating in like, no, that was not Harrison Wells. That was Eobard Thawne. They even referred yeah. to him as Eobard Thawne. Thankfully, finally, uh, I was finally. so happy about that. I mean, it only took, you know, two seasons and <laughs> 17 episodes in the second season for them to finally, like, you know, drill that home. No, but, but it's hey, so good. Like, it needed to happen uh, and really kind of, you know, separate these two. And it was so great. Like, the intensity of it all. Like, the fact yeah. that, you know, <laughs> Barry is really tempting fate in so many different ways. Not just the fact that he's going back and, and potentially screwing up all of time for this one little, you know, private education lesson with his, his arch nemesis. 
but he actually, you know, I mean, like as soon as he starts, you know, putting this plan together, I'm like, oh, Eobard's going to figure this out. And then, and like, and I, even I was like, man, and as soon as he does, he's going to kill you because there is no good reason for him not to kill a future version of you at that point. Yeah. 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 And that's the best bet for him actually. Yeah. Oh, it makes Uh, sense. It's like, it's like, oh, this is goody for me. Now I get to defeat you with my plan. Uh, and I get to kill you on top of that. It's, it's like, uh, it's like double dessert. It's a double prizer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's great. Okay. So, you know, uh, you know, cause it, wait, uh, so I guess he kind of like merges what, what really happens. Uh, cause you know, he doesn't tell them he's erased from existence, obviously, but he says, you know, he, he, he tricked him, which is kind of what happens in, uh, this season when, uh, when Eobard comes back, um, uh, and, and he's like, well, you know, I have to, I have to send you back into time or back forward into your time, but the singularity happens, which is, which, which did happen. But it was because Eobard was erased from existence and not because he tricked him and all that's kind of it, it's kind of neat seeing him sort of like, you know, meander around the facts. And <laughs> well, he, he was lying with the truth, right? Right, right. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I dug that. Um, so he's he's all right. So the goal originally is just to go back in time, learn from Eobard Thawne, come back. Um, I love that even that as is an option, like that they are not taking time tra- travel off the table. You know, I've said it before, uh, the flash and time travel need to be like, they need to go together like peanut butter and jelly. They need to be something special here. And uh, my concern with the way that Legends was running parallel and, and is still running parallel with the flash is that we would lose elements of time travel. Now we've gotten time travel already this season with the return of Eobard Thawne, but not nearly to the extent that we got here. Uh, and so to see the Flash embracing this in, in, in terms of his power set and also acknowledging the seriousness of it, like his goal, you know, this time was to do it right, which ironically was the first time that he did it wrong. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and, and so in so doing actually has a time wraith come after him in the process. Now, Belt, do you uh, what, what's your experience with time wraiths? Well, I don't think they exist in the comics because I did a lot of searching, like, uh, and I think this was something that was constructed for the show. Like, I they don't have a comic book basis, do they? Uh, they're definitely not constructed for this show because uh, I do know they predate the show. For me, it's actually DCUO. Uh, in DCUO Central City, because of a lot of things that are going on and the, the timeline or, or time stream kind of uh, breaking apart in and around Central City, there's a bunch of time wraiths all around you, and you have to fight them, and they are so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do do they look like uh, like they do in the show? Uh, no, no. In fact, the what we see in the show actually looks a lot more like the Black Flash. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking when I first saw him. I was like, "Holy crap! Is this Black Flash? That's going to be cool." Uh, and 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 who? I mean, I, I guess Eobard did call it a time wraith. He didn't specifically say, "No, this is the you know the Black Racer, the entity, the, the death entity for for speedsters," but. Uh, you know, uh, that, that's what I was hoping they would go with it. But, you know, the Time Wraith w- 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 was fairly interesting as well. Yeah, you know, it's the Time Wraith that you, the, the entities that you fight and DCUO, DCUO are more like built out of electricity. Um, oh, okay. So they definitely are kind of continuing on that death looking theme here. You know, we speculated about how potentially Zoom, you know, is kind of pulling from the Black Flash in terms of just his overall look. And so perhaps there's a tie in there. Uh, maybe the time wraiths might actually be, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe that actually might be our path to the Dark Racer, aka the Black Flash, if they decide to go that route. Um, there was yeah, even a perhaps. close up on the on the on the face, 
And I don't know yeah. if you saw this, but the the mask, like it was, it was like a zombie, and the mask, the flash mask, was covering the face. Yeah, it was like the 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 mask was partially covering it because part of it had like ripped off or whatever. But yeah, uh, it, it definitely looked like he was wearing a tattered, ragged costume that looked kind of like the Flash's costume. You know, there's so much that they could do in terms of kind of the lore and how they've built everything, and and to some extent, we'll get into that as, as part of Speedster speculation in terms of time travel. But but you know the fact that the the flash costume you, you see echoes of it throughout like you see that exact same design used in Eobarthon's costume you see that exact same design used in Zoom's costume now you see this exact same uh, design used again in the Time Wraiths and so there there's potentially a lot more tie-ins there's a lot more connected tissue that we don't actually see yet and probably won't see until we can look back at the entire series as a whole once they're done telling this grand story that they want to tell. Um, but yeah. man, I, I loved that as a villain. You know, it was, it was a clear indicator to Eobard that, that something was off because the time Wraith was actually out and about in Central City. And he even makes mention of the fact that, you know, this is what happens when people travel through time that don't know what they're doing. And he talks about other speedsters. He says, you and I are not the only ones. Now, yeah. who do you think he's referring to, man? Uh, that's a good question. Um... Jay Garrick, I think, is definitely one because he recognized Jay Garrick's helmet. Yep. Uh, so definitely Jay Garrick. Uh, probably not Zoom, I don't think. You know, I just realized something. You know, he saw Jay Garrick's helmet and he was like, that's my cue to leave. Now, of course, Eobard has future knowledge. Do you think that when he saw that, he realized he thought Jay is coming? Or do you think because he knew the events of season two that, that he might be like, oh, Zoom's coming? <laughs> uh, I mean... No, I, I, I don't I don't think so, because he is not around at this point to witness those things. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. That's that's probably right. Plus, yeah, he didn't like, know he like, didn't know enough about the timeline to even know exactly the point in time where Barry Allen existed. So theoretically speaking, he wouldn't know that those kind of details. Um, yeah. And, and, there's, and there's nothing saying that, you know, Jay isn't going to be uh because, you know, as far as we know, it's Hunter Solomon who is Zoom and then Jay is the man in the Iron Mask. And so he gets released. And so Eobard wouldn't know that he was parading around, uh, that the Hunter Solomon was parading around as Jay Garrick. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, he could have met the, the the real Jay Garrick at some point in the future. Well, man, after after the preview for next episode, I mean, we pretty much got that confirmed. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. OK, so so Eobard, he mentions other speedsters. I mean, one thing I would like to also point out is the fact that. Uh, because he is speaking with future knowledge, he could also be referring to Wally. He could be referring to even Bart Allen, uh, who's Barry's grandchild. Uh, you know, he could be referring to so many different speedsters that, that have existed between the generations of Barry Allen and Eobard at that point. Uh, so, I, But I do love the fact that they, they kind of opened up that door for, uh, for many others, uh, including, of course, Max Mercury and, and uh, Jesse Quick and, and just beyond. So really, really great stuff. Um, you know, I, I got to give Barry his props. On the one hand, he really screws up. Uh, in fact, yeah. <laughs> like, they, like, what's the one thing you're not supposed to do? Change time. What's the first thing he does? Change time. Change his time. <laughs> <laughs> so so he, he does screw up, which makes it all, all the more fun overall. But he doesn't come into this without a backup plan. You know, he like, you know, Eobard makes that realization, kid in the candy shop. I can kill you and, and, and eat my cake, too. And Barry tells him, nope, wrote a note. My guy is going to figure out your plan if you if you kill me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. dude. I mean, I stood up and gave him a, a standing ovation. That was that was well played on Barry's part. 
Well, yeah, and I was sitting there and uh, like before uh, before Eobard was like, there's no reaction when I stand up and move this fast. Wait a second. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I was like, I was sitting there like right before he said that, I was like, he moved and Barry didn't even flinch. Like didn't even move. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a bad, bad move there. <laughs> you just, you just like, you just, you know, you told him your tell basically. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, that was awesome. Like I, you know, I'm kind of hoping this, this was so much fun. I'm hoping that in the future we get another flash running back to season one episode and Eobard's oh, yeah. like, not again. You know, like some sort of thing like that. <laughs> Cause this, it's so fun. You know, I've said before, I mean, one of the things that, that I missed the most about the way that season one ended was I love Tom Cavanagh's Eobard Thawne. And, you yeah. know, I've, I've, I have wept. I have mourned the death of Tom Cavanagh's Eobard Thawne. Yeah, it's great. We've got Tom Cavanagh. He's a fantastic actor. His Harrison Wells that he's portraying from Earth 2, really great character. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But, dude, he was the bomb as Eobard Thawne. And so, yeah. like, getting that again and also getting that Eobard Thawne with our Barry, like, the, the Barry that is now advanced and is now a hero and has lived through, you know, he's been betrayed twice now. I mean, like, this is a, I don't want to say a hardened hero because he's still someone who, you know, you know, just, he, he like, emotes hope. You know what I mean? Like, like he's, yeah. not, he's not jaded, but he is hardened. And so, like, to see that guy next to our guy, he even talked about phasing, right? He's like, I haven't taught my flash phasing and you're sitting here trying to phase out of these cuffs. Like, yeah, dude, I, mm, I so want at some point our Barry to come back and just beat the crap out of, out of Tom Cavanaugh's Eobard Thawne because that's the Eobard <laughs> Thawne that is like, like crazy power. That's the Eobard Thawne that by the way, Barry never fully beat on his own. Yeah, so this is what I'm thinking, right? So you know, uh, the, the, there's the whole scene where they try to catch Reverse Flash, and uh, he gets H.G. Uh, uh, Wells uh, slash Eobarthon gets beaten up by the uh, Speed Mirage mm. version of 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 of, um, of Reverse Flash. Well, what if if this happens again? Barry comes back, and Barry's the one who beats up Eobard <laughs> But in order to keep Eobard's plan intact, he has to say it was Reverse Flash. So, <laughs> see, that's, that's, that's where I'm thinking they could go with that. That'd be cool. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it so much. Like, anyway, this is just, it's just fun. The fact that this is a possibility is so fun. Um, you know, the, the, the fun thing, too, is not only was it, it, you know, him going back to season one, but the fact they went back to the Sound and the Fury. And we get uh, Pied Piper, a return of Pied Piper. Uh, and also, I think, how, how appropriate was it that they introduced the Time Wraith as a Dementor and Pied Piper, who, I mean, dude, looks like Harry Potter, right? Yeah, yeah, with the glasses and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got so we got Harry Potter looking dude and a Dementor like facing off against each other. Yeah, I, I can't be the only one that, that saw some sort of visual thematic thing going on here. <laughs> you know, Pied Piper, um, you know, originally breaks free and, and uh, he has this whole thing, you know, face off with uh, Cisco in the original timeline. Uh, now, based on what Barry has done, uh, releasing Pied Piper and having him actually work with Team Flash seems to have set him on a different path. Um, you know, he doesn't really have very many hero moments in the past, but once Barry gets back to the present, we do see that not only is he assisting team flash, although probably not on a regular basis, probably I almost expected him to say he worked for Mercury labs or something of that nature. Um, but you know, he, he has actually, you know, 
uh, rekindled his relationship with his parents. He was going off and, and having dinner with them. Uh, I, yeah. I even put it out on Twitter. I was like, I wonder if he's actually dating Captain Singh because in the in the comics, those two were a couple. Huh. I mean, well, I still think that I still think Singh is a little too old for him. I'm just, but at the same time, they they were in the comics. Well, yeah, but not only that. I mean, Singh has a fiance already. In in that timeline, in the original timeline. Yeah, see, that's another thing. So so Barry went back a, a year ago. Did, I I I, I kind of thought change. when he came. Yeah, like I kind of thought when he came back that, that like you know Cisco and Caitlin were going to be aliens and like Star Labs was going to be like floating on an asteroid in space or something because like it just that one thing just the the, the snowball effect from him, you know hey okay so he told Cisco that uh, Hartley knew where Firestorm was he also told Cisco to search for the the EMP devices he did all these things and told all these people and gave all these hints things that that everyone else told him not to do. But it doesn't seem like it changed that much. He broke so all the I, well. Now, in all fairness, man, we only had like five minutes in this new timeline. That's true. That's true. But like, what I was expecting, I was expecting something like very drastically different. And and it, it looks like what they're going to go with it is it's just going to be some like really really small things, but are but are actually really big, right? So he doesn't notice it at first, but then you know it, eventually he's going to come to this realization where he's like, I may have screwed up. This time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, but he'll of course be the only one that knows it. Harrison Wells of right. Earth of Earth Two was explaining to him before you know before he left, saying that you know you guys uh, you know when you go back and do this, um, you will be the only one who recognizes the changes in the timeline. Now Harrison Wells of Earth Two was not accounting for the audience, but that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, so he goes back in time, talks to, uh, talks to Eobard Thawne, uh, you know, they, they actually pseudo work together kind of, but ultimately it's the tachyons that really is, is kind of what, um, is the secret sauce, so to speak, uh, which ultimately Flash goes back with some other interesting things, of course, happened in the past. I mean, if you consider the fact that in the present we have Iris who is dealing with, you know, her budding relationship with J. Jonah Java. Uh, and you know, she wants to, she wants to start something up with this guy, but she finds herself kind of tied back to, um, you know, the, the last serious relationship she was in, which was Eddie. And, uh, Barry tries to explain to her, of course, that Eddie would not want her to, to hold back and that Eddie would want the best for her. And so Barry takes advantage of this opportunity when he goes back in time and, uh, our boy Rick Cosnett back on the screen, uh, and portraying yeah. Eddie, uh, Eddie Thawne. And so Barry uh, captures a video of him sharing his his thoughts about Iris on an iPhone that hasn't come out yet. So <laughs> Caitlin looks at the phone and I wanted her to say, wait a second. No, this is weird. I'll give you that Caitlin wouldn't have noticed. I'll definitely give you that Eddie wouldn't have noticed. But Cisco, did Cisco ever see that phone? No, Cisco never saw it. So okay, the only two people right. that saw it were Eddie and, and Caitlin. And Caitlin, you know, like when the when the uh, the the time wraith is coming, to, like the the table shakes or whatever. She picks the phone up and looks at it. It's like hmm, that's weird. And then we never get to see the resolution because the the, uh, the the wraith chases them. Yeah. But I just wanted somebody to be like, oh wow, where did Barry get this phone? This thing is crazy looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be like I don't. The iPhone was never this big. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like where did they get a huge iPhone? Yeah, yeah. That was great. But uh, anyway, he does capture, of course, that that sweet moment uh, for Eddie to be able to share his feelings and, and bring that back to Iris, which which was nice. Um, yeah. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that Barry is encouraging Iris to move on in her relationship with J. Jonah Java. He wants her to be happy. No, I get That's... that part. But I mean, I thought that what we got in last episode especially was kind of a re... I don't know, maybe 
I don't know, well, something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, perhaps this was all part of his plan to be like, well, you know, this J. Java Jameson is not going to work out, obviously, because I've seen the future. And uh, the newspaper says we get married. So I'll, I'll let her move on and like this guy will get mad and I'll sweep in. And, uh, you know, because because that's one thing, like coming back from like a tragedy, like where your 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 spouse or your boyfriend or your whatever dies uh, and being the rebound man. Uh, is a different situation from when you know somebody was a jerk and you break up with them, right? Uh, so maybe maybe Barry's is saying, "Hey, you know, go ahead, go date, it'll be fun." And then when these guys inevitably screw up, I'll swing on in. <laughs> I I don't think. <laughs> You know, Barry's not really a strategic thinker from that standpoint. Uh, well, clearly, I mean, he doesn't think about anything when he's going into the past that, like, you know, the repercussions there. So, <laughs> obviously, I'm just pulling this out of thin air. But <laughs> Right, right. I mean, there was some selfish moves from his part. I mean, like, you know, he was very much going back in time for, for a lot of different selfish reasons. Um, and so... I guess it shouldn't be fully. We shouldn't be fully surprised that uh, that he decided to make those choices. Um, you know, so Caitlin. Well, uh, yeah, she made a dart that didn't work. Yeah, what was the dart again? Uh, it was the tranquilizer dart that she gave Future Barry to knock out past Barry for six hours, but it didn't work. Right, right. And then she complained about how no, she never made a dart because past her was was. Because past her did not. It's right. like not yet. You haven't made it. You'll make it in a year. Just, just you know, trust me. <laughs> that was like that was the greatest scene when 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 present Barry shows up on the scene and and past Barry's there and Cisco goes doppelgangers. He's like, nope, yeah. not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting. This was such a great episode to also come out at the same time as uh, the the Supergirl crossover because I felt kind of some similarities in the way that that season one Team Flash was reacting to Barry. Uh, that that over on Supergirl, Team Supergirl was kind of reacting to Barry, and you saw the crossover, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. I thought it, thought it was really fun. Uh, but what's interesting though is I think that that device on his chest is a tachyon device that he is trying to use to get faster. So he's going to get that later, and so he traveled. I mean, it, it depends on how these episodes are aired. If, if if that's you know counted in the chronological, yeah, you know, no, I don't. I think the show. my guess is you know because I really expected him when he was running back to be wearing the tachyon device, um, and that you know he would have ended up from like somewhere basically between him leaving the past and returning to the present was when he essentially uh, ended up on um, on Supergirl. My guess is that we will see an episode or something. Uh, coming up here soon where he'll be wearing that device and testing it and maybe even mid episode while he's trying to push himself with the tachyons and like he does it and then he phases out and he phases back in. He's like, yep, that wasn't it. And like, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking either that or maybe he hasn't quite gotten the time travel thing done yet. So he, uh, he goes, disappears for a while while he steps up, becomes a speedster, saves the day, and then Barry comes back, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I missed the window there. Sorry, I, you know, I was gone helping." That's not gonna an alien fight electricity girl and screaming lady. There's no way that's gonna happen. By the way, are yeah, you? How do you feel about the, about the amount of screen time that Wally's getting right now? Um, Wally, who? Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, Wally West. Well, okay, so they they laid the groundwork for some interesting stuff this episode. Uh, because, you know, Barry is obsessed with trying to, to, I won't say obsessed, but Barry, Barry needs to get faster in order to defeat Zoom. So he's looking for various different ways. In fact, he wants to go 
out on a limb and go ask his his greatest nemesis <laughs> uh-huh. to teach him how you know how to get faster. And what I thought was neat is like all the setup, all the Wally stuff in this episode was was critically important. Uh, like uh, it, it, Wally in this episode was a setup for some stuff that's going to happen in the future because Wally is sitting there talking about how he's trying to make engines faster and how he's mm. doing these different things to mm. like uh, you know make these make these things go faster. And so I I, I get a feeling that. Uh, either the speed equation. I, I, I'm thinking that Wally's going to help Barry with the speed equation, basically. Well, so Lex Mercury in the chat even says uh, Barry and Wally have a complete non-relationship so far, and I wonder that's if that's true. that's intentional. I mean, like you know, we we even talked about the fact that what if Wally was struck by lightning, and and you had mentioned, yeah, wouldn't he bring that up? And it's like, well, they haven't had a chance to really get to know each other. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe part of the reason why, you know, I mean, I think there might be some intention on Barry's part that he doesn't want to spend too much time with Wally because he feels awkward around him uh, yeah. being that he was the son that was supposed to be, but Barry kind of took his place. Um, yeah. And I mean, we've seen Wally process that. I think Wally's over that. I think now he just wants to kind of connect with this guy who, you know, is essentially his, his stepbrother sort of not, I mean, at least adopted brother, if nothing else. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he wants to connect there and he, and also this is somebody who means a lot to his father and his sister. And so, um, He's been reaching out, but Barry has been very standoffish. I think he doesn't, I don't think that Barry fully knows how to process Wally, but once he does get over that hurdle, um, they're going to start realizing they may have more in common than they might realize. And that's where we'll tap into the fact that yes, Wally maybe has access to the speed force right now. He just hasn't, it hasn't awoken in him. Um, Could be a metagene, like a latent metagene or something else, but one way or the other, uh, Wally, I, I think Wally has got keys to the car. You know what I mean? He just hadn't cranked it yet. Yeah, see, I they're they're gonna bond over uh, over this speed equation because they're they're gonna either drop you know more and more hints that Wally's you know in, uh, interested in, in making stuff faster and blah 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 blah, and then Barry's gonna get frustrated that his attempts to understand the information that Eobard gave him uh, he can't he can't figure it out, and so I feel like he's gonna go to Wally. He's gonna be like, look, Wally, I'm the Flash. I need you to help me with this, and then that's when they're really gonna bond, and that's when they're really gonna form a relationship. Uh, is when everything's out in the open between them. Because when it's not, it's just totally awkward. Because every time something comes up, he's like, oh, I got to do Flash stuff, bye. And Wally's just kind of <laughs> like, man, that guy's so weird. You know, because that's what happened this episode. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to go, bye. And and Wally's like, yeah, he's just so weird. So I think once everything's out in the open, once Wally knows that Barry's the Flash, that's when they're going to uh, start to develop a relationship, start to develop a bond, start to... We'll, we'll start to see like a mentor mentee kind of thing going on. And, and it might be uh, reversed at the beginning. It might be Wally showing various stuff about the speed force so that, you know, uh, about the speed equation or whatever. And, and then eventually they'll build up and we're going to have Flash. And I don't know if he'll be Kid Flash or Teen Flash or no, Mini I, Flash. He could be Kid I Flash. I mean, he's, he's a younger guy. Yeah. I mean, has I guess Barry he, I guess he can drive Kid at any point? No, no. Yeah, that would be weird, right? But but not not like in like a you know in a mean way like kid but like hey what's up it's the kid you know because he's young now you're messing with the kid <laughs> wait some call yeah. it something I call it messing with the kid I don't know the words uh, yeah no I I uh, I think you're right man I think um I think it's coming I think he's gonna play a larger part I, I like the fact that they're kind of seeding Wally into this it would feel yeah. very forced if all of a sudden Kid Flash showed up on the scene. But the fact that, that they're kind of, you know, he's, he's kind of in the background here, um, uh, the way that he's woven into the family structure, it makes a lot of sense to me. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to their relationship growing once 
Barry does kind of get over this hangup that he has and, and the two get to spend some more time together, uh, which will yeah. probably largely come in part when, when Wally learns that Barry is in fact the flash. Um, yeah. But yeah, loving it, man. Digging it. Uh, okay. So, you know, we've got these great character moments throughout this episode, but all of them tie around one of our favorite things ultimately, which is time travel. Donuts. Uh, yes. Donuts and oh, time travel. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and time travel. Of course. <laughs> Time travel, of course, has played a major part uh, in season one and, and is always one of our favorite things whenever it comes up on the show. But there are a lot of questions that surround it. I mean, after all, it seems like every single time we deal with time travel, there are a little bit of differences. There's differences here, differences there. What are the rules of time travel on, on you know, the CW's The Flash? Well, let's speculate about that in this week's Speedster Speculation. Time travel. What is it? How does it work? Um, seriously, though, how does it work? I mean, we've seen a lot of different ways in which time travel has affected our characters. You know, uh, when we first saw time travel, not including the future past and, and the pilot, um, we saw Barry running back in time, seeing an echo of, his, of himself, and then essentially merging or perhaps one wiping out the other. Um, you know, you even, you know, I, I know that we had talked beforehand and, and you had mentioned kind of some confusion on that. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting because every other time we've seen Barry time travel, he always sees a like time mirage or something of himself when he gets to the location that he's going. Like like he'll see the, the mirage and then he gets there and he's you know and he's traveled in time. Uh, this is the first instance where Barry has not done that. He is running and he winds up and he sees himself. So I I think I think that's the whole reason why we see this. Uh, this time wraith is because in this instance he did it wrong. Like the ways he he mm, when he accidentally uh-huh. time traveled, uh, and and when he you know uh, did his other time travel and stuff like that, those were that, that's the correct way to do it. And so this time he was trying to do it purposefully and did it wrong. And then that's why we have everything's all messed up and the time wraith and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's interesting because you know we had speculated that if a speedster travels back in time into which they also exist in that time as a speedster, then the two would merge. Um, and I think you know, I think based on what we've seen before, that's true when done correctly. The first time that Barry ran back in time during the whole Weather Wizard incident, he accidentally went back in time, but he accidentally did it correctly. He stuck the landing, as we like to say. Um, yeah. and, and, and in so doing was able to merge with his other self who at that time was connected to the speed force. Right. I mean, they, at the time, Dr. Stein even kind of referred to the speed force as kind of this, uh, uh, highway, right. This kind of, uh, out of time highway in which speedsters can travel along. And so from that standpoint, since one was connected to the other, they were able to merge. Now this time, Barry, ironically, because of this, the speed wraith, um, did not stick the landing and was knocked off from time. So he didn't, he never connected with himself on, you know, while that self was connected to the speed force. And I want to make mention of this. He never intended to, the original intention was for him to go back in time, find his self of the time and knock that person out. So he never really kind of thought about even being able to merge with himself at the time. That's true because maybe he didn't realize that that's how you're supposed to do it. And he just assumed because of the whole doppelganger thing on Earth too, that he's going to go back and he's going to be his past self and his future self, and uh, you know that 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 that's why he was thinking that he needed the dart and all this kind of stuff. But if he had done it right to begin with, he would have just boom appeared, hold you know 
in that standoff with Hartley. You know, it's interesting. Right? Yeah, it's interesting because with with these kind of potentially, you, you could look at this and look at inconsistencies and different writers and, you know, uh, those those kind of things that come into maybe they forgot this or maybe this wasn't thought of. It doesn't really matter. I, I choose in terms of time travel to just accept what is on screen as canonical. Like if it happened, it happened. And so then it becomes more fun that way, in my opinion, because now it's a matter of this evolving understanding of what time travel means on the flash television show. You know, once it's all said and done, once the story is completed, we'll be able to have a more fuller picture of how things work. But in the interim, we're able to kind of speculate and see, okay, yes. Was there an inconsistency here based on what we've seen in the past? Absolutely. Does that mean, you know, so what does that mean? That means that rules are, are currently being established about the way that we can understand time travel from this show. You know, the other thing is Eobard Thawne. We saw Eobard, uh, a past version of Eobard pop up this season. And while I was frustrated with the whole erase, erasing from time and that sort of thing, even that I have to kind of accept as it happened. It's canonical. That's how time travel works in this universe. But because Eob, when Eobard traveled... Cisco's present self was making changes to the time that was currently in flux based off of the fact that e- that Eobard was was present and in so doing almost erased himself from time. You follow me? I think so. So Barry goes back in time and makes changes, but nobody's starting to phase out and so I'm wondering if the reason why it occurred the way it did for Cisco was because someone from the future, because of the event, because of the uniqueness of the Eobard Thawne situation, that his past self uh, was in, that his past self in the present was actually impacting uh, potential things that happened in the actual past. You follow Wait, me on that? Now? Okay. All right. So Eobard's a unique situation. Anytime that yeah. we see the Eobard of the past pop up, and we will see him again, uh, the pre-Harrison Wells, quote-unquote, H.G. Wells uh, version of the, of, of the reverse Flash, we will see that guy pop up again, that Eobard yeah. Thawne. And so anytime he's in play in the present, not only is he making changes to his original timeline, or, or at least in danger of making changes to his original timeline, but everyone else around him is in danger of making changes to his personal timeline that in, impacts the present because his personal timeline impacts their present based on the events that transpire in their past. Yeah. So because Eobard killed Cisco in now, that one time, it's not well, about, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the killing of Cisco. So what are you talking about? Well, be, so Cisco was attempt essentially attempting fate, right? Because he was kind of taunting Eobard while he was in prison. Again, thinking back to the the episode that we got earlier this season, and in so doing, starting to let on some things that that version or that past Eobard should not know. And had uh, yes. and had he known that, it would irrevocably damage the present because that Eobard Thon is responsible for our past. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's different yeah. from Barry traveling back to the past and cha- and making tweaks and changes along the way. Because that's more of a simplistic, if you will, uh, effect on the timeline. Whereas Eobard, because he is such an anomaly, because his his past is our future, which is also our, pre- our past, 
it's going to impact the timeline differently. We had a hard time understanding that. We were, to some extent, frustrated by the fact that this seems so different. But now that we've got some more information that we're able to see some other examples of the timeline being changed, it's easier to see the difference that Eobard represents on the timeline as opposed to somebody like Barry, who, again, is making changes here um, in, in yeah. a very different way. So Eobard is from the future, goes to the past, and is, and is responsible for our present. Barry is from the present going into the past, which is different. Yes, but what I'm saying is from now on, whenever we see Eobard, it's going to be a previous version of what you just stated. And that's the difference. Yes, yes. Every time that we see Eobard, we're seeing a younger and younger. Yeah, I guess, I guess younger works. We're seeing we're seeing a younger and younger Eobard. Right. Unless. Well, OK, so so the Eobard that, that, that just la that just left well, this season. Yeah. Now, so here's the other thing. He has to find out Barry's name at some point. Well, and, and so, yeah, he'll be back. I, I have no doubt that he'll be back, but I was almost kind of wondering, based Will off of all the little changes that Barry made, could we potentially see in this new timeline that something occurred that maybe preserved Eobard in some way? I mean, obviously, from, from what we can kind of assume, especially with the whole Eddie death and everything else, that that went down the same way that it went down in the original timeline. That would make sense, right? Because so let's say Eobard finds the secret letter, finds out how he's defeated, prevents that from happening so that now he still exists, which would explain why he still exists in season two and or why even, he's able to come back. Or even just created some kind of backup plan. You know, like, yeah. like if... All right, so if my if my in-law is going to, you know, erase me from time, you know, have have some sort of backup. I don't, I have no earthly idea what that would look like. I have no earthly idea how that would pan out. But um, you know, or we could what if we, you know, if we get a Barry who who runs back in time. Oh, oh, Bell, Bell. <laughs> Lay it on me. All right, if we get a Barry that runs back in time, which we just did, and tells essentially this Eobard Thawne of things, you know, of the fact that after his plan, quote unquote, succeeds, that Barry still lives. So he never got a chance to kill Barry. What if we see a season one Eobard Thawne run to the freaking future of season two slash three to go and fit? It's like, all right, well, I'm going to continue my plan, but I'm going to make sure that I come back and I'm, I'm still going to be able to kill you. Ah, so he's going to go because he can't kill. The Barry right he now. Can't he, kill he, his he can't kill season one Barry. He can kill season two Barry or season three Barry. Exactly. By going exactly. That would be cool. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. That would be really cool. And then, oh, or better yet, what if he comes back and hangs out for a while before going back? Like, what if what like if we, we get an entire season or maybe even two seasons of an Eobard Thawn from season one as like the season three villain? You know what I mean? Like, because he could do that. I mean, and then they just have to send him back. Yeah, he, he could leave and come back at the same instant. So, like, he could spend six weeks in season three and then come back and only, like, you know, a split second has passed in season one. I'm just saying, this is, like, things are different now. You know, everything post, uh, I, they, they could get really creative in what happened after uh, The Sound and the Fury from season one. Now, I, I think that for the most part, the timeline's going to stay very, very much the same. But if they wanted to take Eobard out of the equation and run him up to the future now they could totally do that and ooh, oh my gosh and 
He could learn about what happens, then go back to season one and fix Eddie from killing himself so that now the timeline basically explodes and all the universe collapses in on itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about to say, if he does that, then the singularity will consume everything. <laughs> I mean, then, yeah, it'll be, it'll be just a mess. But I'm just saying, man, there's a lot of fun that you can have with – uh, with time travel. And there's a lot of fun that yeah. you could have with the character of Ibar Thon because he can bounce around and be in so many places. And I'm telling you, I cannot think of a television vil- villain, definitely not a television villain in a comic book type of space that I have enjoyed. Maybe, I mean, hmm. okay, so Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor is, is hard to beat. But next, right up there, is Tom Cavanaugh's Eobard Thon. And what's his yeah. face that plays early Eobard? It's fine. I'm, I'm not... You know, he does a fine job with it, but it's not what we got from Tom Cavanaugh. It's not a bitter, jaded, 15 years stuck in the past, just refined, evil, manipulative Eobard Thawne. That's the yeah. supervillain that I want. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. he was so freaking good. So anyway, all that to say, time travel is awesome. And I, I really, you know, I, I get that maybe they want to pepper it in as opposed to do it, use it as much as they did in season one. Um, but this is about right. We need to have more, you know, and maybe, maybe next season we can have like three or four time travel episodes. I get that you don't want to do it too much because it's a special thing, but dude, when they do it, they knock it out of the park and it is the greatest thing on television. The flash, I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. The flash is the best thing on television right now, by far the best thing that DC is putting out, the best thing that any, anybody's putting it out. And I dare anybody to watch this episode and then go watch an episode of anything else. And I don't just mean agents of shield. I mean, even just anything from arrow that we've gotten in the last two seasons, anything else does not even compare. Not that it's a competition. I mean, well, I mean, let's don't, don't go there. (laughs) <laughs> we, don't, we don't like the Gilmore girl crowd will, will come after us, man. Those, those, yeah. uh, those fans are they're passionate. Well, so, so, but here's my question though. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I think, you know, three or four times a season, uh, uh, just, just to keep it fresh and to keep it unique and keep it cool and keep it fun. But here, here's the, here's the ticker for me. Will they explore the changes that Barry has inevitably made to the current present slash future uh, in future episodes or will, or will it just be that, Oh yeah, Hartley's a good guy. Now that's the only thing that changed because if that's the only thing that changed, I I'm going to, I'm going to have some problems with that. Like I, I, do you think that they're going to explore this more and that they're going to have more and more things change, uh, some for the better, some for the worse in later episodes? Or do you think that like, do you think we're done? Like this episode is done. And, uh, the only thing that's different is that Hartley's a good guy now. I think that's the primary thing that's different other than the fact that Ronnie might be alive. Right? Yeah. Cause didn't even say that the whole thing about Ronnie. No, he said, he said Hartley knows where Ronnie is. That was before the firestorm, but, but, but Ronnie still dies to destroy the singularity. Now, if flash right. gets fast enough to, uh, to destroy the singularity without Ronnie having to die, then yeah, he could come back. I, I think, I think Ronnie's going to come back. Um, I just it's a, it's an interesting thing that he would make mention of that. I mean, I know it's a, to the plot line of that particular episode, but why even mention Ronnie's name if if that possibility isn't on the table? Yeah. So I think they they yeah, left they, they, I think they left themselves kind of an open door if they want to go there. Um to some extent this this episode represents kind of like a free pass for them to almost get away with whatever the heck they want to get away with. Yeah, there's things they might they might have you know we didn't really like how we did that season one. Well, now we have the opportunity to say no, nope, that never happened, and here we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think we'll be seeing moments 
for the rest of the season. Um, maybe maybe longer than that, but I think definitely for the rest of the season we'll 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 get moments because you can't go back and make changes as intentionally as Barry did without there being some sort of ramifications. Uh, now I don't yeah, want I, there to be too many because we don't need the timeline to collapse on itself, nor do we want things to be so different that. You know, it, it doesn't feel right compared to what and we got before. The gates, the first 16 episodes exactly. of the season. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and you know, I think based on the fact that we can assume that, you know, the, the berry of the new timeline. And again, when I say new timeline and old timeline, it's it's all one timeline. It's just a moment. It's it's just a differentiation of, you know, what happened before this episode and what happened after. Um, yeah. But from that standpoint, we can assume that the berry of the old timeline had wanted to go back in time in order to learn, you know, something <laughs> and yeah. uh and that was a cue for our team flash to oh this is when we need to get ready for a time brief and so they're, they're able to go and do the thing they were able to do yeah so anyway uh yeah great i love it time travel uh let us know your thoughts go ahead and email us we've got a couple of weeks to uh to gather some of those emails so uh go ahead and send them in we'll have some great discussion there and uh yeah looking forward to, to seeing what you guys think you want to know what i'm looking forward to what are you looking forward to I cannot wait for the Kevin Smith Flash episode. Yeah, yeah. They posted. He posted out a picture actually earlier today of uh, him, Jay, and JJ, Jay. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I am. So I know this is, you know, it's uh, kind of more news than anything else. But I'm so excited for that episode because uh, Jason Muse is going to have a part in it, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And I like Kevin Smith. I think he's a great director, and I think he 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 knows. He I think he gets. DC superheroes, and I just cannot wait for that episode. Speaking of news, Newsflash. Newsflash is brought to you by the Satchel Podcast Player. Hey, if you like podcasts, you got to check out the Satchel Podcast Player. You got an Android smartphone, head over to the Google Play Store, search for Satchel, download it, be part of the beta. It's currently in beta right now. It's a really awesome podcast player, and uh, you should check it out. If you're a podcaster, register your podcast at satchelplayer.com. Uh, if you have an iPhone and you want to get in on the beta, head over to satchelplayer.com, sign up for the beta, and uh, yeah, next next wave, your name will be in. It is by invitation only, like all of the coolest clubs out there for podcasters and beyond, but this is just for podcasters. So check it out, satchelplayer.com. Yeah, man, Kevin Smith, uh, absolutely something to talk about. We should also talk about this, um, Batman versus Superman. Um, okay, so before we talk about what we're going to talk about, we're about to talk about something in Batman versus Superman that can be very heavily considered a spoiler. And so if you can want you spoil rotten milk, if you want to see the movie uh, <laughs> and you don't want to be spoiled, then uh, thank you for listening. This would be a time to uh, tune out, go see the movie and you can listen to the rest of the podcast if you want to. Um, we're not encouraging you to see the movie. And actually, if you head over to panel to screen, you could hear all of the many one hour reasons. reasons why. Yeah. <laughs> Look, so uh, from from that from this point on, we're assuming that we have warned you about spoilers. And by the way, from that that panel to screen, you know, we for an hour we just we we raked Batman versus Superman over the coals. We we were very disappointed uh, by the movie overall. And uh, but I will say this: if if you liked Batman versus Superman uh, and you are looking for more of a review that that agrees with your worldview, uh, check out our boys over at the Suicide Squad cast. They, they gave yep. about uh, an hour review, and it's uh, very glowing, a glowing review. Uh, suffice to say, I don't agree with them, but I respect their opinion. And I also think that if you, you enjoyed the movie, you should check it out. Uh, they, they did kind of 
sometimes listening to somebody talk about something in a positive light makes you kind of reconsider it in a positive light. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I, I'm yeah. glad I listened to their review before talking about it tonight because I, I, I still feel disappointed and I feel like all of my frustrations were valid. I even, I even went on like a Twitter <laughs> rampage <laughs> where I spoiled half of the movie in the midst of it. But I was just, <laughs> I was angry, man. I just, I was not pleased with how it all turned out. Yeah. Well, see, I, here's the thing, right? I understand the story that I think Zack Snyder was trying to tell. But the problem is that in order to understand that story, I had to do so much mental gymnastics. And like, I, you have to know things about comic books. You have to be a comic book nerd to really understand the story that he was trying to tell. And like, that's just not good movie making. Well, yeah, sure. Like you, you see all these things and it's like, oh, cool. That, that, that's, that's, that's referencing this. That's referencing that. This is, this is, this scene is, is directly from that. And this is cool. And like, there's all these like cool nerd comic books, uh, you know, things in there. And I like that about the film. Um, for the most part, uh, but that's not a good movie. And so, like, as a movie buff, it was a bad movie. But as a comic book fan, there was some really cool comic book stuff in there. So, like, you know, I'm really torn, but, like, overall, just as a movie, bad. Yeah, and the comic book stuff is what we kind of want to talk about. Although I will right. say this, I thought about it after the fact, and, and based, if I was going into this movie and I had no comic book knowledge, I would walk out thinking that Batman uh, is a psychic um, who also kills people. And that, can see the future. What, that's what psychic means. No, psychic means you can read minds. I thought psychic also meant that you could read the future. I don't know what psychic means. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have no idea how a boat works. But The Flash, that's what we want to talk about. Because Ezra Miller, we got our first chance to see Ezra Miller as Barry Allen uh, in a, uh, twice actually in the film. Once, of course, in a video in which uh, LexCorp has been surveilling uh, metahumans, Barry being one of them. They even have a flash symbol uh, notating his file. And we see a Barry Allen who's in a quickie mart that is currently being uh, held up. And so he quickly flashes in and saves the day before anybody can actually see him do it. Um, doing it, sporting a very Ezra Miller haircut. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we saw in the trajectory episode that a novice speedster who she uncovered the speed formula and uh, immediately thought it's a good idea to braid my hair down very tight so that the you know friction and the, the air resistance doesn't rip it off of my head. Sure. Apparently, Ezra Miller, novice Flash, doesn't really mind his hair being being you know ripped out by uh by the Speed Force. Look, we on this podcast have talked about Ezra Miller's casting from the get go. I, I feel like very specifically, and, I, and maybe I need to go back and I might be just rose color retrospecting myself here, but I feel like I've very intentionally tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, stating concerns, but also trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? He was cast. I said, okay, interesting. Um, you know, I could totally see this as a Bart Allen. I could totally even... You know, if it's Wally West, that's kind of confusing, all things considered. But yeah, Bart Allen, totally see this. Jay Garrick, eh, maybe in a very different kind of Jay Garrick. I thought you said your whole thing was uh, Jay Garrick. He's not Jay Garrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was that was my original <laughs> thing. What was it? It was, uh, it, I think I said if it was Barry, I was concerned. If it's, or I said if it's Bart, I'm all in. If it's Wally, I'm confused. If it's Barry, I'm skeptical. And if it's Jay, it's not Jay. So, there we yeah, go. That's, that's what it was. And so that, that was my whole philosophy going into this. Then they announced that it's Barry. Fine. Whatever. You know what? We haven't gotten a chance to see what he does. He starts talking about the character. I, there's a lot of words he says that are kind of 
many red flags throughout what he's saying that makes me think that he doesn't quite connect with this character. Um, people call me out on it. They say, look, you're, you're, you're putting too much on him. Just give him a chance. Fine. I, I got to the point where I was giving him a chance. Zack Snyder comes out. He starts talking about how the Barry Allen, the flash of the set of the CW, that tone isn't the tone that he wants in his universe. That's a massive red flag to me. Yeah. Then, and admittedly, we only got a moment with Barry Allen in the quickie Mart, but it doesn't quite feel like Barry Allen. It certainly doesn't look like Barry Allen. I mean, and it's a different Barry Allen one where he's wearing some sort of hipster ponytail man bun thing. What is that? I don't with even a, with the, with a weird, like, you know, you know, like, well, uh, gosh, I don't know. what Look, is the word for, for patchy beards? There we go. Yeah. Like with, he's got a man bun and a patchy beard. Like it looks like Ezra Miller. Out. You know what? This, this is, this is the thing. It looks like Ezra Miller. I, the, the thing yeah. is, and I, and I don't mean that to criticize Ezra Miller. I, that's fine if he's playing Ezra Miller, but he's not He's playing Barry Allen. So I don't, I don't get where Snyder's taking Barry Allen. That like, it's it it just seems strange to me. It doesn't feel like Barry Allen. Now again, all we saw was this one quick cam, and I will say this: we did get that scene where Barry does pull through in this vision, which was also kind of confusing because it happened in a vision as opposed to an actual timeline. But if we can assume that what we saw was a glimpse of the future, we did see a Barry Allen. Um, wearing a motorcycle helmet and pushing through the future to tell Batman something, realizing that he's too early. Now, the Flash coming into this movie in an attempt to connect with Batman because of something that's going to happen in the future, that's a cool concept. I will give you that, yeah. Zack Snyder, from from just kind of a, a grand storytelling mechanism thing. That's kind of a cool concept. I don't know that it necessarily works in this format ultimately, but but props for trying something and props for potentially being able to pull it off. That said, I'm just concerned, man. I'm, I'm mostly concerned visually. I'm, again, I'm not trying to hate on Ezra Miller here because we really haven't gotten a chance to see him do his Barry Allen thing. And and even even in his voice and when he's calling out to, to Batman and he talks about being too early, there was an element of that I felt, okay, yeah, that's the Flash. I, I, I got that. You're close. But visually, from a costume and from the way that yeah. Barry is presenting himself, just there's that combined. I didn't like it. Well, that combined with the fact that they don't want the tone of, of what the CW has done with the Flash. I, man, I've got. I I do not have hope. <laughs> that's a, yeah. and that's not good. <laughs> I, I mean, like I Lex Mercury in the chat uh, put it pretty much exactly how I feel. It, it, they wrote, it was so cool to see scenes that recreated panels from the books, mm. but it wasn't put together well. And I agree with that. Like, it was so cool to see the Flash come back and try to talk to Batman about an event that's going to happen in the future and try to warn him about it. Like, that was freaking cool. But it just wasn't done well. I mean, like, I didn't really dig the costume. It kind of felt out of place. Uh, it Like, is he warning him about a dream that he had? <laughs> it's a dream sequence well but like then <laughs> i mean you can headcanon that maybe it's the martian manhunter and flash teaming up in some weird way but martian manhunter's not in this new justice league i know i i don't i don't get it like they, they it's um uh, and, and if it's dark side giving batman a vision of the future why would he give him this horrible vision of the future where he's going to be killed by an evil superman Unless it's well, all it, part it, of his it, master plan, which it is, which they don't explain in the film, which is why it's bad. Well, it could actually, it also could be Metron. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, there, there could be other new gods at play here. I don't know that it's just 
Uh, I don't know that Darks. I think that Darkseid is influencing Lex Luthor, and there's potentially another new god who's influencing did Batman. Did you see? Did you see the 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 deleted scene, like a forty five second deleted scene they released? Yeah, uh, the baptism scene. I believe that's, I what, that's what they're calling it. Yeah, where it's it looks like it's Darkseid's father, and he's got like three mother boxes, and he's like talking to Lex right before the dudes storm in and, and arrest him. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. That that's that's that's. No, it I confirms mean, yeah, so that. I mean, to some extent, that confirms a subplot that we assumed, but it's just a mess. Like, it just it, it all yeah. feels like a mess. Like you're you're right. Um, and 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 you know, Snyder is very good at painting a world, and I think this is really what we kind of came down on on, on our. Uh, our review and I don't, there's no reason to go into the full review. We've, we've got over an hour of that. If you're interested, panel to screen.com um, and, and the podcast on iTunes and satchel. But, but in terms of overall, what we came down on is that, that Snyder is very good at painting a world and painting a world that feels very lived in. And that look, and that tells a story like the universe tells a story. Every single set piece tells a story. And so he's so good at that, but he's not good at actually telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, like he took all these iconic moments from the comics and brought them to the screen, and I appreciate that. The problem was is he didn't really understand the characters' motives behind those those moments, and he doesn't really know how to formulate that into a cohesive story uh, without you know having to mind gymnastics your way around what the possibilities to make it make sense could be, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I understand. Cause I mean, I, I know it sounds like I was being critical of Ezra Miller and, and I, I don't mean, I'm not criticizing Ezra Miller. Um, he was, I mean, it, it's not fair to, right? Because we, we've only seen him. He's been in the movie for, uh, we've seen 45 seconds of film. So yeah, I mean, well, not we even that, just not even that it, it's what, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's not, it's not about what his portrayal is or will be. It's about the fact that, he was cast for this film. So it, it's, it's more of the fact that I don't know what, what story they're wanting to tell. Now we, we do know at this point that the director for the film is uh, uh, Seth Graham Smith. So, you know, I mean, I, I think the understanding overall is that Zack Snyder is still kind of calling the shots in terms of the universal tone because he's still in charge of the justice league until that petition think, gets think, done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I mean, if you look at this guy, Seth uh, Graham Smith, his work is uh, Dark Shadows, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. I, I, this fits very, I guess what I'm trying to say is it makes sense that this director would be the director of an Ezra Miller flash that fits into Zack Snyder's universe. All I'm saying is the framework that surrounds the movie, there's, so a, lot, there's a lot of red flags in there. So Seth Graham Smith, uh, the first movie he has directed will be The Flash. Uh, all of those other things he either wrote, uh, like he actually wrote I, I don't the think novel. I, I never said he directed those. I was just saying that was his work. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so he wrote the novel, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln Vampire Hunter. He wrote the novel, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. My point being that this, I, again, all I'm trying to say is that, that there's a, there's components here that somebody is trying to tell a story that all of these components fit well together, but the only thing that doesn't fit well in these components is the fact that it's the flash. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what they end up doing with it. Um, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward. I mean, I, well, I mean, I'm kind of, Zack Snyder's not behind 
he's not at the helm of this of, of the Flash film. So that I am excited about. I gotta tell you, man. Look, I love DC. I really do. I mean, the the characters are are iconic. I've got obviously a ton of respect for for several members of the Justice League. Uh, Nightwing, in particular, one of my favorite characters. Of course, the Flash. I loved and I loved what uh, what. Um, Batfleck, I love what Affleck did with Batman. What he yeah. specifically, I'm not sure I, I like particularly the way that Batman was written. Um, but I but like that's what not his fault. I, exactly. It's not his fault. I, I love what Affleck did with him. I, I just, you know, I, part of me wishes that the DC somebody would see what's going on as kind of a net fail. Look at what's working, the Flash, and say, okay, this is working. This is resonating with people. What is it about this that's resonating with people? Well, I even thought about the fact I got flack for the whole Lex Luthor thing. And I mean, a lot of people have criticized Lex Luthor, but I got some flack for this. And so some folks were saying like, okay, you, you didn't like Lex Luthor, you know, because he wasn't exactly the same as the comics. It's not true. If you look at what, what Heath Ledger did with the Joker, very different, very different from the comics, but yet true to kind of the spirit overall. And consistent throughout the film. Good. That's a whole nother thing. The other thing is just in terms of, okay, well, it's like a different origin story and everything else. No, no, no. Look at what Team Flash did over here with Eobard Thawne. Look, this is a very, this whole Harrison Wells thing, that's not in the comics. They, they, yeah. they made that their own. You can take these characters and make them your, their, they, you can make them your own, but don't, don't take away from the core of what these characters are. And I think that what's missing is that there's, there's somebody either who's failing to manage or just straight up. There's nobody who's managing uh, this, this, these properties that understand that they've got to be true to the core of who these characters are. You know, the, the way that we're seeing it done the best overall is on the DC TV side yeah. with exception. And this is probably going to make people mad, but with exception to arrow, they've dropped the ball significantly this season where all of a sudden arrow is just about arrow and felicity or Oliver and Felicity, and I, I'm not interested in the Oliver Felicity show. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that, that I think they've gotten completely so far off from their mandate, it's a completely different show. But but overall, for the most part, they, they do, if you look at the individual characters themselves, Flash, true to who that character is. Captain Cold, true to who that character is. Eobard Thawne, true to who that character is. You know, all, like, the, the vast amount of their characters in their sandbox here, true to who the characters are. So, well... It- yeah. And one of pineapple, I, th- I think he hit the nail on the head. Uh, I agree with him. I agree with what you're saying, Bo. But uh, it, it's it's DC needs a Kevin Feige, and it needs yes. to not be Snyder. Yep, I agree. And, and that, that's absolutely true. Like, because Snyder doesn't get these characters. Uh, they they need somebody in there, like you said, who understands the core of these characters, and then you take that core and you adapt it to whatever you want. But when you neglect the core and then just take pieces, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this, and then forget everything else, and then try to adapt that, it just falls flat. You know who I think they should put in charge of it? Who? Derek Russell. I'm gonna say yeah. it right here and now. Derek Russell. I, I think I think we need to start a campaign. Derek Russell should be in charge of the DC Cinematic Universe. I think so. He's written for DC before. Yeah. He's he's got the cred. I'm just gonna put it out Street there. Street cred. Yeah. Anyway, I want to write for DC. Uh, I'll I'll let you guys work it out. Yeah. Your thoughts. Your comments. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback this week, man. We got some great iTunes reviews uh, coming in. Recon writing in. What does Recon say? 
Well, Recon1172 says, awesome. Bo and Bell go together like peanut butter and jelly. They provide a timely and well-thought-out podcast week after week. I've listened to, the, to a few Flash podcasts, and this one is without a doubt the best. Thanks, Recon, man. We appreciate that. Because, you know, it's peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. But anyway, thank you, Recon. Uh, excellent feedback. We love hearing from you guys. KLM Blessed says, uh, show is amazing. Best Flash podcast on iTunes. Wow, thank you so much. We are on iTunes. We're also on the Satchel Podcast Player, so check us out there. Um, yeah, we, we look, we love getting this kind of feedback from you guys. You know, we say it uh, all the time. It means so much to us. But if you have it over to iTunes, write us a review. Not only are you showing us a lot of great love, but you're helping yourself out as well. Because as we get a multiple of 10, we give away a free digital comic. And as it stands right now, we're five away from giving away a free digital comic. So uh, head over to iTunes, write us a review, looking for those four and five star reviews especially. And uh, yeah, you could win a digital comic. And also feed our ego, which is a dangerous thing, but um, <laughs> there are far, far more dangerous things out there. Um, like Mr. Matthew Bell, who you can follow on Twitter at ring that bell. You can also follow me on Twitter at the real Bo York, or you can follow the show at flash TV talk. But if 140 characters is enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for daily discussions about all things flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Do you like the show Legends of Tomorrow? Do you like podcasting legends such as myself, my cohort, Bo York, and other awesome podcasters from around the Intertrons? Well, then, you should watch slash listen to Legends TV Talk. Yeah, check it out. It's awesome podcast. Awesome podcast. Want to give special thanks to Charlie Bach for providing our outro music. We love him. We also want to encourage you to check out Supergirl TV Talk about that whole Flash crossover thing. Yeah. They talked about it over on Supergirl TV Talk. And in the coming weeks, we will be going over there for a kind of a retrospective look at that episode with them. You know, we've got this break, which is frustrating, but is what it is. We got this break coming up. And so during that time, you know, it's a great excuse to put out a little additional content. So we may also release that episode on our feed, but they will definitely be releasing it on their feed. So check them out. Supergirl TV Talk. You can find them on iTunes and Satchel as well. And uh, yeah. You know what? It is going to be yet again another long break, but until we see you next time, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.